Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NFL. Under center, Mixon lined up behind. Burrow hands it off to Mixon. He's into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. Here's the snap. Brady hands the ball off, running to the left. His point inside the 25. Stiff arm to the 20. On his feet to the 15. 10, 5, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Leonard Fournette. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jones is back in the pocket. Throws down the middle. Caught by Bourne. Running room to the outside Ooh. as he carries to the 30. Oh, he's on the sideline. It's going to Wilson set to take the snap and does. It's a quarterback keeper. He runs right, cuts it back to the left, dives for the goal line. He's in. That's a Jet touchdown. A great little cutback run by Zach Wilson. And the Jets have the lead. Rodgers in the shotgun. Dylan to his left. Snap to A-Rod in the pocket. Dumps it over the middle. He's got Dylan. Breaks a tackle to the end zone. Touchdown. Highlights from the NFL. About two-thirds of the way through the season, and look who's coming up on the outside, PK. It's Bill Belichick and the Patriots with a sixth straight win. They give the Titans a loss. Titans have lost two in a row now. Patriots roll 36-13. Mac Jones throws for 310 yards and two touchdowns. Say it ain't so. The Patriots are back. The hoodie. This is just a hot streak in the middle of the season, right? Or oh, I think he's go. rebuilt on the fly and they're ready to go. Legitimate chance to make the playoffs. Well, they got the lead in the division, so there's no doubt about that with five games to go. They're a half game up on the Bills. Looking really good right now. Other teams looking good. The Packers beat the Rams 36-28. So the Packers improved to 9-3. Best record in the NFC is the Cardinals at 9-2, who had the week off. Another big game for Aaron Rodgers, and Matt's, Matthew Stafford throws a pick six for the third straight game. Not really the stat you want to have. No. Niners also heating up. They've won three in a row now. They're over 500 in a wild card spot in the NFC at 6-5. They beat the Vikings 34-26. Pick up a win there. Other teams that impressed you? The Ravens, it was ugly, but they got the win over the Browns. So, sitting in a better spot in the AFC North, 16-10. Lamar Jackson. I couldn't watch that. Threw three interceptions in the second quarter, four in the game. I turned that off. Bengals blowing out the Steelers. They improved to 7-4. and four. They're a game behind the Ravens in the North. They're sitting in a playoff spot in the AFC. Cincinnati takes both games from Pittsburgh, but Joe Burrow asked about that. Talked about the fact that they've got bigger goals. Had a little low there, but feels like they're back on their game. Monday Night Football, Seattle and Washington tonight on ESPN. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. 
Logan Bonner looking left, throwing deep. He's got a man. It is caught. Derek Wright to the 35, 20, 15, 10. Put it on the board. That is a Utah State touchdown. And the Aggies blowing the doors open here in New Mexico. Two receivers on each side. Bonner's going to roll out to his right. Have all day to throw. Finally dump it down, and it is caught. Is that Devin Tompkins? The record. It is. Devin Tompkins, now your leader, all-time receiving at Utah State, passes Kevin Curtis. Congratulations. Your all-time leader in receiving yards. Utah State setting records and blowing out New Mexico. They were up 28-0 at halftime, and the Aggies roll 35-10, and they win the Mountain West Division title to get the help they needed because San Diego State beat Boise State. So it's Utah State and San Diego State for the Mountain West Conference title Saturday at 1 o'clock. Oh, you and Scotty are enemies. Yes. Mortal Kombat. You went to the games with your grandfather. Yes, I did. (laughs) And my dad. And my brothers. (laughs) Mom got the house to herself. Guys, get out of here. <laughs> That'll be Saturday afternoon in Carson, California. Aggies will hit the road. Second time for them in the Mountain West Conference title game. They were in the first one at Fresno and lost that. We'll see how they do against 11-1 San Diego State. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. Rising delivers for Keithy. Touchdown, Utah. Thomas with a seam and a touchdown. Quick response from Utah. Third down and a long four, short five. Out of the gun. Rising. Looks and runs. Flips it ahead. Covey to the end zone. Touchdown. And the Utes get the win over Colorado again. They win 28-13, and they are off to the conference title game. Wasn't the blood embarrassment party that some fans might have hoped for, but comfortable enough, good enough, they win. Anything impress you about senior day for the Utes, or this they got through it, it was good enough? Uh, I While they were playing on 18 at the ledges, I sunk a 40-foot putt. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I watched the game on my phone while I was playing. The weather was too good, and it was a... Feta accompli, as they say in German. The defense was uh, was very good, I thought, in that one. The uh, special teams did give up another kickoff. So you went on vacation touchdown. and did nothing but watch sports. Well, that's not true. <laughs> you but watched, I watched San Diego State. I watched, you watched the Utes. You watched. <laughs> I actually, I actually left in the middle of the San Diego State game. But yeah. Uh, I left before it started and didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was the thing. Everybody wasn't uh, wasn't ready to roll. That was 9 a.m. We were in the but Pacific were time zone. I was. Yeah, I was up in Adam. Yeah, of course. It's up in Adam. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched Boise State roll, and then we left, and then I found out later San Diego State pulled it together. Utah and Oregon Friday night in Las Vegas, Oregon, handling uh, Oregon State. And clinching the Pac-12 North, so it'll be a rematch. It's great news for the Pac-12 because the last thing you wanted was a Utah team facing a seven and five Washington State team. Seven to five doesn't really scream conference championship no. game, does so it? Now you got a number ten if you buy the rankings, but I don't know whether you buy them or not. It doesn't matter. They're number ten versus what number fourteen. Yep. So it's not good enough because you'd want the winner to go to the playoff, but it's the best thing that you could hope for. And you can have all sorts of storylines. And Oregon is a premier program. 
and you just destroyed him two weeks ago. So if you're looking to build interest in your conference, I think this is the best case scenario under the circumstances. You de- you definitely wanted Oregon in there because you're trying to move up and and it, from the conference perspective, and certainly I wanted those two teams. Uh, I was rooting for Oregon, and they took care of biz against the Beavers because you need. You need to have your best teams play, and it's clear that's what you have. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. Uh, Tyler Algier, straight ahead run. Breaking tackles Algier. Has another touchdown. Second down and four. Another play fake. Pressure comes. Hall throws deep to the end zone. It is caught. Touchdown. Keanu BYU touchdown. All hands off, straight ahead, and touchdown! Jackson McChesney. Jackson Dart on fourth down. Will throw the slant. It is caught. The tackle, though. I think they stopped him short. Caleb Hayes got Bryant to the ground. BYU's defense with a big fourth down stop to preserve the 35-31 win. BYU coming from behind in the fourth quarter. McChesney comes off the bench for Algier, who had a big game, 111 yards and two scores. But he got hit on the ground recovering a loose ball and didn't really seem right after that. So eventually he leaves the game and McChesney comes in for three carries and gets to the end zone. And BYU gets the win and gets win number 10. Yeah. That's Herschel McChesney to you. <laughs> Herschel? Yeah, he looked like Herschel Walker. Just run up the middle, look strong, look fresh. Yeah. Good he is him. strong, he was fresh. Yeah. I mean, the guys were gassed and dropping and all, all that. They did what they had to do. They had to win the game, and they did. I don't care if it was a blowout. It's like the Utah Saturday or Friday night coming up. Win by one. That's all you need. You don't need to blow them out again. Who cares? Eventually, they forget. They just remember how many games you won. That was a 10-win team. I forgot uh, immediately as it happened. I didn't need eventually. <laughs> I always thought it was going to be a tough game to begin with. Turned out to be. Jaron Hall throws for 276 yards and a couple of scores. He did have a couple of picks in the game. Turnovers have been very rare for BYU this year, but they had a couple in that game. But ultimately, BYU gets the 35-31 win, and they sweep that little two-game series with USC, and got to figure the BYU coaching staff will be using that as they recruit in the coming days. If they, well, probably already been texting. Well, today they can go make visits and all. It's open open season there. I don't know how much they're going to be recruiting head-to-head with SC. It impresses uh, kids who play in California and follow SC whether it's head-to-head with SC or not. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. They go victory formation. McNamara to a knee. Ohio State has one timeout left. They're not going to use it. 48 seconds to go, and it's going to end right here. 42-27. Michigan will defeat Ohio State and head to Indianapolis for a Big Ten title. Now for the two-point conversion to win it for Alabama. Brace in the shotgun. Gets the snap. Backpedals. Looks left. Throws. Touchdown. Two-point conversion. And Alabama wins. John Mechie on the grab. John Mechie on the grab. And Alabama has come from nowhere to defeat the Auburn Tigers in multiple overtimes. 
<laughs> Alabama gets off the deck to defeat Auburn. Michigan, after eight straight losses, beats Ohio State. With their $100 million budget came from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they came from their own two or three yard line. And a two, it's a conversion. A two point conversion. I know, nobody knows how to refer to it. It's a two point conversion. It's a play they concocted. The college overtime rule is so stupid. Don't you think it's going to be changed? That seems to be the universal opinion. Yeah. This isn't going to last. They come up with that. You're already working these kids. Work them a few more plays. I mean, geez, my goodness. It's such a dumb, dumb rule. You know, in soccer, we got the penalty kicks. But then go score in regulation if you don't want to have it come down to that. But in football, you battle, battle, battle. Then you concoct some dumb bleep rule. It just makes no sense. They had it concocted when they were at the 25-yard line. But that seems way better than this nonsense. It did. It did. They were getting universally praised for having the best overtime and being better than the NFL, and nobody's saying that this year. But it really does feel like it's going to be a one-and-done one thing. Because every so. time it happens, people complain about it. Yeah, win or lose. Di- different leagues, win or lose. Different leagues, different parts of the country. It doesn't seem like it's satisfying anybody anywhere, so I expect it gets changed in the offseason. There's so. no reason to stick with it. People complained after Alabama-Auburn. People complained after Penn State-Illinois. I don't think anybody in this part of the country, I mean, most of the country wasn't watching it, but nobody in this part of the country thought the San Diego State-Utah finish was great. Every time it comes up, people cringe. So it'll probably go away. Yeah, I think it should. That and might then, be a little optimistic, but that's what I'm thinking. And then Michigan, that was sweet. And I love his comment because Ryan Day Born was on third base. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many people out there who think, and they and you can tell because they try to pop off and try to justify, no, I made it on my own. No, you didn't. You made it because you were born into money. That's how you made it. And you were born on third base. And you think you hit a triple. At least don't insult us and say, I was born on third base. Ryan Day inherited Ohio State when it was already fixed and running smoothly under Urban Meyer and winning double-digit years and cranking out it. Tons of NFL players on the roster. Or is Lincoln Riley part two? And and Harbaugh is thinking, well, I coached at the University of San Diego, built Stanford up from nothing, did the NFL thing, came here to Michigan, been chasing you guys. Yeah. Good on them. That was sweet to see. And now they go play for the championship, the Big Ten championship, and they get Iowa because Wisconsin lost. So That was a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Wisconsin. But don't you, Michigan's favorite either way. I understand that. And then Ohio State to the Rose Bowl? That's the way I would see it. DJ and PK, the other college football news, Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC. Florida gets their head coach, Louisiana Raging Cajuns head coach, Billy Napier, who's led Louisiana to 10 or more wins in three straight seasons. He's 42 years old, and he gets his shot in the SEC now at the Swamp. Going to Florida. Yeah, he was one of those assistants that was supposed to stay with Herm, and all the assistants were going to stay. And all hell broke loose because some assistants got head coaching jobs. Napier was one of them. And now he's going to try and make the magic happen for the Gators. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Donovan, rise and fire three. Pow! Utah leads! Donovan Mitchell! 
He just wins, wins, wins. He's got the will. Valanciunas, the rebound. He got decked. It's taken by Graham. Now B.I. Shovels at Devontae. Pull up three right wing for the win. Yes, he hit it with 1.3 left. With 1.3 left. Oh, Conley right down the lane. Kicks to Rudy Gay. Left corner. Crowd comes to their feet as the ball goes through the cylinder. Left corner three for Rudy Gay. Conley driving high off the window above the square. Lays it up and then Conley steals it, goes to the corner, fires the three, and hits. Oh, Mike Conley, don't do me like that. Jazz split two games with the Pelicans, losing 98-97 Friday, then blowing New Orleans out Saturday, 127-105. You can add the New Orleans loss to the... Memphis lost to the Indiana loss. Head scratchers at home, PK. Not, not what Jazz fans are expecting well, to see. Absolutely inexcusable. Again, they just have no offense at the end there. Donovan Mitchell just dribbling around, looking like, what's going to happen? Are you paying these guys to run plays or do something? And then just kind of goes down the lane and uh, did it even hit the rim? And it was just an awful possession. I can live with the three by Graham. At the, the the one that uh, Jackson hit the three in Memphis, I can't live with it because Gobert should have been on him. This one here, running at full speed and, and pulling up, hitting the shot, okay, great. But then the offensive possession that preceded it was brutal. But there was lots of brutality before that. They shouldn't have been in a one-possession game. And they weren't the next night because they're supposed to be way better than New Orleans. Sure, you can say that every game, though. I'm trying to look to say something different rather than say the same thing every game. Uh, that, that was a. You're going to have games in which you need to convert at the end, and that was a brutal possession. And you can always say, well, sure, they shouldn't have been in. I get that. You can say that every game, every time. And then it was such desperate measures that Conley played back to back. We haven't seen that in a long time. Right. I don't expect we'll see it again real soon. But Royce O'Neal was out, and Conley was in. And then Joe slides in the starting lineup, and again has a great game, as he usually does when he starts. Jazz take on the Blazers, 7 o'clock tonight. Home game, Vivint's Arena and AT&T Sportsnet will have the television broadcast. Coverage on the zone begins at 6 o'clock with Jazz Game Night, the pregame show. Hashtag NBA. Curry crosses midcourt, takes a left sideline, stops, fades, fires. Ridiculous! Ridiculous! Here's a three-pointer. Chris Middleton buries it from the left side. Monty Middleton, money from three-point range. Here's LeBron! LeBron! Well, he's shooting well from the outside, isn't he? Four out of six. Golden State Warriors win again. They beat the Clippers 105 to 90. They improved to 18 and 2 on the season. Steph Curry had 33 in the win. The Warriors are 18-2, and and right behind them, the Phoenix Suns, winners of 16 in a row, are 17-3. Top two teams in the NBA, and looking right now like the top two teams by a wide margin. Oh, yeah, both those guys are rolling, man, both clubs. Tremendous starts through 20 games to be 18-2 and 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 17-3 is outstanding. Yep. Lakers beat the Pistons. LeBron had 33 and 9 assists. The Lakers get back to 500, which is currently 6th in the West, 11 and 11 right now. Bunch of teams uh, sitting right at 500. The Blazers, the Timberwolves, and the Grizzlies are all 10 and 10. So, bunch of teams bunched up there. Waiting to see who gets it together and gets on a little bit of a roll there. Celtics 
Boston is back over 500. They get the win. They beat the Raptors 109-97. Milwaukee Bucks set to sign veteran big man DeMarcus Cousins to a one-year non-guaranteed deal. That move is supposed to bolster their front court because Brooke Lopez is dealing with a back injury. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Paulo in transition. Taking his time, top of the key. Thought about a shot. Backs up on Timmy and knocks it down. Strother has it. The Bulldogs will run back and forth. We go here in Las Vegas. Nemhart gets around John all the way to the rim. Lays it off the glass and in. Bounces it to Holmgren. He's defended over there by Williams. Left-handed penetration. He fades away in the paint. Up and in. Soft touch from the freshman. Zags back on top. Trevor sizing it up to the right and Roach. 15 on the timer. 45 seconds to go. Roach on the drive. Got inside. Off the window and in. College basketball again rolling. BYU is now 6-0. They beat the Utes, give Utah their first loss of the year. Utah drops to 5-1. Cougars win 75-64. Anything impress you in that game? Close first half, and then yeah. BYU taking well, control of the second program, half. Or BYU's a better program right now, and they go on the road. I think it was ridiculous to have it. They should have had it like a Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, but Why go against college football and all that yeah, on a Saturday? And I think they should play each other home and home every year because it, uh, attendance spikes for sure. Uh, what was it? Lucas hit the big threes. Yeah, I was I was impressed with them. Uh, and Utah, you know, they've they've got some talent, they've got some energy, and new life into the program. That's nice. Utah State is also like the Utes, five and one. They beat Texas Arlington eighty to sixty one. Justin Bean had twenty four and ten. That's Justin Bean Bryant. <laughs> Seeing him written up as an NBA prospect now for the first time. The best player in the state. John Hollinger had a bunch of nice things to say about him. Writing him up, former Grizzlies executive. UVU won their sixth straight game, seventy seven sixty eight over Denver. They improved to six and one. On the season. Yeah, I think their only loss was that Boise to start. BYU goes there Wednesday. Yeah. Is that a television game? Streaming ESPN Plus. Weber State beat Dixie State. Weber State also off to a, uh, a good start here at the start of the year. They win that game 87-70, to and Weber State improves to 6-0 and with that victory. And Gonzaga... They're not going to win them all, PK. So what? Yeah, okay. You got me there. <laughs> Duke beat them 84-81. A couple of the best teams in the country. If they meet again in a regional final or a final four, nobody will be surprised. Yeah, I watched that game Friday night. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. Pablo Ruiz. Brody. And Anderson Julio steals in to steal an equaliser. He has made the world of difference since coming off the bench. And this Rail Salt Lake tale of the unexpected is far from finished. Rail Salt Lake, the masters of the late, late goal. And this is Justin Merrim going past Susie. Three up with him. Bobby Wood! Bobby Wood may well have won it for Rail Salt Lake. Out of the shadows, off the bench, into the sparkling spotlight. Potentially as the match winner here. RSL 2-1 over Sporting Kansas City. They advanced to the Western Conference Final. The Cinderella run had to win on the road in the last game in stoppage time, and they did it. 
be penalty and penalties in Seattle to beat the Sounders. It's play and now this. They're not stoppage. They're playing. Play each time. Yeah, and who is that dude, man? Anytime you have a guy who has an accent, boy, he really knows soccer. Who the right? hell was that? <laughs> I think that was John Champion. John Champion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, man, if he's got an accent, then I mean, he really knows his stuff because that means he's not from here. So he grew up where soccer's a big deal. So you have instant credibility. If you want credibility next season, which starts like tomorrow, I think. I need to that, work on my accent? Yeah, create something then. You'll, you'll really get yourself going there. But, you know, I think it, it boils down to just simply believe in Pablo Power. I believe in Pablo Power. You're not the only one. Apparently he gave a rousing post-game speech in Seattle, fueled them, and they believed even though they were down at halftime in Kansas City. And they got it done. Of course, they've been good against Seattle and Kansas City this year. They have not been good against Portland, and they are going to Portland for the conference final. That's it. the expectations low, Locke. I get it. So you're not hurt. I see what you're doing. Yeah, they're 0-3 against the Timbers. Yeah, but the well, Timbers, 3-13 and 13 the Timbers, I'm all gonna, time against Seattle. I'm going to raise so expectations. shut up. I'm going to raise expectations here for the Timbers. The Timbers, uh, Dyrone Espria got a red card for hitting a guy, an, an opponent, in the 94th minute. So he won't be able to play. And Sebastian Blanco got hurt, pulled a hamstring, and looks like those are usually... They're going to sideline you for a while, so I wouldn't expect him to play either. No, so I wouldn't. No, it's no. two important Plus he's guys a soccer out. Guys, so you know he's two important exactly. guys out for Portland. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but we got Pablo. Believe in Pablo Power, my Thunderbird Chief, and Albert Rusnak presumably will be back after missing ten days for a COVID positive COVID test. What do you like, Orrin Hatch, that one time he came on our show and just reading names off rosters? No, I'm not just reading <laughs> names. I'm telling you specific things about these guys' individual storylines. But he's going to remember the two guys you mentioned in Portland. <laughs> Dyrona Spria. All right, DJ and PK, that game uh, coming up Saturday. Saturday at 4.30. Western Conference Final, and that'll be on FS1. And there you go. That's what's trending. Those are the headlines. Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Nick Ford, Ute offensive lineman at 9 o'clock. Blake Anderson, Aggie head coach at 9.30. Talking conference title games, Pac-12 and Mountain West with Nick Ford and Blake Anderson. Stay with us. This is Unrivaled. Guys are doing a hell of a job. Utah wins with its offense, with Kyle Whittingham right. as the coach. That that could set off like world panic right there. Like I mean, the markets could go off and shift. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I mean, we could have we could have rioting and looting in the streets with that kind of play. It's like maybe going to a spread offense. Exactly. Like- and the and the other thing is Utah and the Pac-12 just grew up. It wasn't like okay, we're fighting for some relevance. Utah dominated this game from the start to finish with their offense. They did it with their defense. They did it with their special teams. Utah is the best team in the Pac-12. That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK in the morning proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Question of the morning. BYU, 10-2, 5-0 against the Pac-12. There it is, 5-0 against the Pac-12. What more can you say? Nothing. Well, I think there's more things you can say, but you damage your own case. I'm speechless. 
You're speechless. You're never speechless. I am now. You gave us 15 solid minutes on this topic earlier in the show. But that was for the early risers. For the uh, post-830 crowd, I don't think you're out of words. I'm speechless. Okay. This is a great year for BYU. To back up the 11-1, to back up... Oh, so that's it. You just <laughs> Who decided. are you? He's just—he's a cartoon character. I forget which Mike one. Mike Tyson over here? I thought it was more like Daffy, 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 Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck, too. Yeah, Daffy yeah. Duck. Yeah. After 11-1 last year... No, the Daffy Ducks are Friday night. 10-2. <laughs> nice reassociation. 10-2 this year, sweeping cool the Pac-12. I can't do that. How you can, yeah, that's really good how you can do that. <laughs> Snap both fingers like that. That was impressive. Whatever they had to hear, whatever the fans here to ha- hear from other fan bases, whatever the coaches had to hear on the recruiting trail, because that's more important. Oh, yeah, they won a bunch of games. Who do they play? Don't go to that school. Come to our school. And now the BYU coaches can go out there and say, 23 and 3 in the last three. You want to do some winning? You want to play in the Big 12? I don't know that that's going to really make a big difference to high schoolers. Maybe you went twenty three and three over two years, because I think they recruit who they recruit, but they don't get everybody they recruit. I get there's some guys they aren't going to recruit, but they're not getting all the players they go after, and all all the coaches say winning helps in recruiting, and you're still not going to get all the guys though. So when you say that, you're partially true. This is what you do so well. You get a little bit of truth, and then you just. Chomp on that. Hang on. Well, you did that for two years. That's true. <laughs> so. <laughs> I did he it just for gave than, himself up. I did it for more than two years. He just gave himself up, finally. Uh, possibly. <laughs> so. More than two years. Okay. 23 and three. Well, you extended how many times? <laughs> <laughs> I've done 19 years here on the radio. I'm on my fourth contract extension. Or is it fifth? I've lost track. Uh, uh. But nevertheless, it's not going to hurt recruiting, that's for sure. I mean, come on. I, I think it actually is a bonanza in, a, in the transfer market. That's where I think they can no, really cash thing. in, which, which is, is the same recruiting. thing. It is recruiting. It's I a just different said style. It's not, right. I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make in the high school recruiting. Well, I, I would agree with you probably more in transfer because the transfer kids don't, have as, much important. El- they don't have as much eligibility and they want to come in and win. Yeah, you can, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can go to a high school say, kid and say, we're building something, come here and be a part of it. Yeah. New coaches who are replacing whatever four or five win coach who got fired or eight-win coach who got fired, uh, are going to say, come here and help us build I think the sky's the limit in the transfer portal, as they, uh, especially uh, in this year and then next year for sure, as they go into the Big 12. I think that is big time, because you're going to get kids. I mean, we just heard Samson Nakua, you know, with the wild hair when he was 18. He's not 18 anymore. He's not interested necessarily in a wild hair, right? He's grown up. Now, he's a local kid, but still, it's a good example. He said that about an hour and 15, 20 minutes ago. So you can imagine, and we've seen it with Pope. He's done it too, get these kids come in. I think that they can have a bonanza in the transfer market. It come 64,000 people. We've got uh, Oklahoma State and, and blah, 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 and Baylor and these teams. We're playing them every year. They come into our stadium. The place will be packed. Cougar fans everywhere. Samson spoke about that only every single week he was on that they had an away game. He was amazed by that. So, yeah, the sky's the limit. There's a reason why Lincoln Riley said, I don't want any part of these guys. I'm leaving to the Pac-12. 
That's not exactly what he said. If you listen closely with a discernible <laughs> ear. These guys might have been more about the SEC than BYU joining the Big 12. Even though they're just going to coincide for a year or two, maybe we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, if that, but two years tops. He wanted no part. I mean, I, I wouldn't, be, wouldn't be surprised if Gundy left too. You're telling me those guys are coming in? Oh, my. There's no way the Grime Dog would have gone to Baylor if he would have known they would have been the same conference. Holgerson at Houston? Forget that. This is a juggernaut that they are building. 10-2 and two this year, 11-1 and one last year. What's it going to be next year and the year beyond? Lavelle Edwards Stadium at Kalani Sataki Field. 23 and 3 the last two years, 5 and 0 against the Pac 12. Beat the top team in the South, beat the second place team in the South, beat the second place team in the North. 1 and 0 against the Big Sky, 1 and 0 against the ACC, about to be 1 and 0 against the Sun Belt. Coming up. The records just fall. What did they go 1 and 1 in the Mountain West? Yes. 1 and 1 in Mountain West. All right. That's the fewest losses of anybody in the in the Mountain Division. What? Utah State had two. He's not wrong. Oh, I got six it. and two records. I can't even follow. Once I follow, you're right. But I was... no, he's dead on with it. I know, but I was in the Big Twelve. I was in a Pac-12. It didn't occur to me to check the Mountain Division. We'll play Mountain anybody, Division. anywhere, all five regions of the country, all five corners. We'll play them. The fifth corner? Yeah. Texas. Right. That's because the recruiting has been so good, they can now put five corners out on the field. Before, they could barely put one. Now they got five DBs. They're all great. Nick Ford in 15 minutes right here on the Zone Sports Network. The new Zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the Zone welcomes Unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. All hands off, straight ahead, and touchdown! Jackson McChesney! Off the bench in a huge spot. That is your Chevy strong play of the game. Know it today at 450 on Unrivaled, and you can win fabulous prizes. Kenny Mack. <laughs> Jackson, but... He has family that listens to this show. I think it might be a new nickname you created for him. Kenny McChesney, man. Looking like Herschel Walker. <laughs> Looked awesome, man. Put him in there in the fourth quarter. Got three Looked carries. Strong. Three carries All on the game-winning drive. Oh, yeah, nothing fancy. <laughs> no, they thought... they knew they were gassed. Yeah, right. Everybody was gassed. I was gassed watching it. So run right at him and fall forward it's like for another a yard or two. Midnight, we were all gas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A Rod just said, okay, don't fumble. We'll just score. I mean that was that was a critical play, uh, critical possession, I should say. I think the the most critical was the Trojans got holding after that interception, and then it backed them up, and so then it was like uh, third and twenty, I think it was, and they got about 15, 16 yards, and they had to punt. And then the Cougs went right down the field for the winning score. 
That was a, a dramatic drive, and they knew at that point that the defense, which isn't very good to begin with with SC, was just running on empty for sure. And so they engineered uh, a, a clutch drive. It was very, very important for them to win that game, to finish 10-2. and two. It would have been much harder to spin at 9-3 and three and 4-1. and one. No. I mean, they really, really wanted it. It was, it was cool for them to get it. And then they end up with a dream season. 10-2, and 5-0. and zero. In the last time, the only time you'll ever play five Pac-12 teams, and certainly the last time. And now they wait for their bowl assignment, which Samson told us he's here in Independence Bowl, and that means UTSA. They're all hoping for New Year's Six. But they, that's nothing that they can decide. So that doesn't put any tarnish on the season whatsoever. Sure, I would love for them to play in the Fiesta or what have you, but that's something that they can't do anything about. You know, that, that was the, there was a few downsides in Independence, and that was one of them. But it doesn't take away from the season that they've had. The 5-0 and and the 10-2. and So it's a who-gives-a-crap game. You got me there. But many of the bowl games are. Yeah. If you're going to play a who-gives-a-crap game, why not play it before Christmas? Coaches are all in favor of that. In the afternoon on ABC. I think everybody is. So you get done, what is it, the 18th? 18th, week yeah. before Christmas. Yeah. And it's so, going to be Saturday afternoon, 1.30? 1.30 ABC. So get it done. All your recruits can see it. All your potential transfers can see it. And you are home for the holidays. Yeah. Put your feet up and uh, for a couple of weeks. I think that's a dead period right around then. And then you come back with the, uh, the winter conditioning and, and away you go. And you get into the recruiting and all that stuff. Yeah. I, in, in a sense, if you're going to play a who gives a crap bowl game, which I think they should all be like, who gives a crap bowl game number one, who gives a crap bowl game number two, and just label them that way. And so do that. As you're leaving Independence, you play in the Independence Bowl. There's some type of. You find some comedy it. in that? Yeah. Irony? Yeah. In, in a sense. Uh, I don't know what bowl they've got lined up next year. Uh, but yeah, the Independence Bowl, the Goodbye Independence Bowl. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK coming up next. The Utes are headed to the conference title game, Oregon, for the second time in three weeks. Nick Ford, Ute offensive lineman, joins us next. Stay with us.